Welcome to the Wealthy and Healthy podcast. I am Beck Hibbard, your host. And before we get into today's episode, I have something really exciting that I need to share with you guys. So every quarter, I open up five new coaching spots to work one-on-one with me. And I have just released and opened up five spots to work with me as of January 2023. So if you would like to work with me on your career goals, your financial goals, creating more time freedom for yourself, making more money without working hard, trying to break free from that old paradigm of, oh, I have to hustle in order to be successful, then make sure you send me a message ASAP over on Instagram. That's at Beck Hibbard because spots get taken really quick. The spots are super limited and super exclusive. I have a number of different packages to suit all of you, whether that's you want to work with me for 30 days, whether you'd like to do fortnightly calls for three months or even monthly calls for three months. We do have pay in full options or even extended payment plans, okay? Because I understand that most of you listening to this podcast, you're not where you want to be. Like most of us, that's why we're here. That's why we're tapping in. We're not where we want to be. We want to be further along in our journey. Therefore, it's so important to follow someone that has been where you want to go. I'm able to teach from a place of, oh, I've failed and this is what I don't recommend doing. And this is what worked really well for me. And this is what didn't. And I'm the coach that will always hold you to a high standard. I am going to call you on your BS limiting beliefs. We're going to do the shadow work. We're going to do the work, the energetics, the feminine, the masculine, all of the things that is going to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. And I will be in your corner cheering you on. So like I said, the spots are super, super limited. Therefore, if you would like to snatch up a spot for the first quarter of 2023 to work with me as your private coach, then send me a message on Instagram. Let's get into today's episode. you guys welcome to the wealthy and healthy podcast oh I'm so excited (laughs) I I I know and I always go into every episode I'm like I know I say this every episode that I'm so excited but generally I am because I have my good girlfriend here at Saxony oh and I feel like Saxony has taught me so much about Mm self-confidence like you literally have like the chats that we've had the car rides talking about how you just, when you walk into a room, you light up the freaking room. Mm. It's my world, baby. We're all living in it. Right. Literally, this is the vibe. This is the vibe. And so I wanted to get Sax on the podcast today because I feel like as women, we sometimes shy away from the spaces that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. And we sometimes like we hide and we filter and we mask. And I've spoken about this before in myself with my own shadows and the things that I've been working through. It's actually like owning and embodying who you are and showing up and loving every single inch of yourself. And I know for me, when I was married, I lost a lot of my self-confidence. Like over the years of that relationship, I lost it so much so. And to the point where I look back at photos now and I literally am like sad for that girl. 
Yeah. Like, I'm like, who yeah. are you? Where did your confidence go? And it took me so many years and it still takes me. Like it's not something that is just like a done, I'm confident, here I am. It takes a lot of work to get that back. And so today's episode is going to be about being your most confident self and how to really change that mindset and have that like flip switch moment when you do walk in a room and you feel like hiding and you feel like, you know, your, your head's down and you don't want to look at anyone actually changing that narrative and being like, no, I belong here. Yeah. It's massive. And I completely agree with you. I think a lot of the time we lose our confidence because of other people. Mm -hmm. You don't see a kid who is running around in diapers who is not their most absolute confident self mm. at any point in any time in any room they dance and they don't give a shit who's watching they scream and cry and express all of their emotions and it doesn't make them feel like they're not good enough it's embodying the life that we have shied away from because we're trying to please other people all the time a hundred percent a hundred percent and I want to like share with you guys a little story <laughs> of little Miss uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and her confidence. So Saxony and I went out into the valley in Brisbane a Good few fun. weeks ago. <laughs> and I literally said to Sax, I was like, right, like, you know, we're both in our single era. Like, mm-hmm. I love that we're doing this together. But I said to her, I was like, I just want a boyfriend for the night. Like, I just want to hang off someone, have fun, dance, pretty. right? Someone handsome, dance mm-hmm. in a club. And um, so we kind of like, I set that intention like loosely. And Bersax was like, yes, let's fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like in this nightclub. Anyway, we'd gotten a drink and we were like standing on like, on, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a platform that overlooked the dance floor. Yeah. And I literally seen these three guys in the corner. Mm, delicious like they had baseball caps on that was literally that was, what sold them that was it it was the baseball caps for me I was like well they were tall too and oh, they had a good style and they had tattoos <laughs> yeah was it, it was cool. like it was one of those moments where like you see them from so far away and you're like mm, you you literally and I said to Sax I pointed at them and I was like those three that we need to get near them and she literally looked at me and she was like let's fucking go yeah come on <laughs> literally instantly I'm still trying to figure out the logistics yeah. and she's like holding my hand pulling me through the crowd to these boys and I'm like okay well we're really doing it and then she looks at me and she's like which one do you want <laughs> I was like I want the one in the white and you were like Cool. I want the one in the black. So clearly we don't have the same taste, which is great. Yeah. But instantly she was straight in there talking to this dude. And I was just like, holy crap. Like the confidence. There was no like second guessing the situation. You were just like, done. They're sexy. I'm in. Let's chat to them. Let's go. Like, but the funny part about that was I didn't actually start the conversation. Oh, and this is, no, oh, no, no. But this is the thing about when it comes to confidence. When you walk into somewhere like you own that place mm-hmm. and when you completely embody your most confident self, people will always be attracted to you. It's big dick energy. Yes. This is the exact reason why people like, um, what's his name? The one that sings. Which one? Um, <laughs> There's a lot know, of people that you, you know, um, Jack Harlow. Oh yeah, like Jack Harlow. So much confidence. Have mm-hmm. you been seeing Central C's um, chicken shop date? No. Oh my god, I'm so in love with him right now. Oh. 
and like looking at him pictures before I was like oh he's just like he's just an average guy like I don't understand why everyone is so obsessed with this person like yeah he's like got good music and stuff but I just don't get it and then I was watching this date and it's like he's just got this confidence about him that just makes you be like, I just want to know more about you. Mm. And that's the thing about confidence. So bringing you over there, I knew all we had to do was just, A, show up with confidence, mm-hmm. which is like getting yourself in the place where you can be seen mm-hmm. and then B, showing it with confidence. So you just start dancing and then they literally come up to you. It happens every single time. Dating 101 <laughs> girls, I'm telling you, I have been trying and testing this theory for like too many years to count and it works every single time. Can confirm, it works. Yeah, it and he thing. literally just came up to me, started talking to me and luckily enough, it was the black shirt one. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine, you'd be like, no, no, we need to spot this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was so good, honestly, so good. Did you, how do you not second guess yourself in that situation though? Do you, is there anything in your brain that's like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe um, they won't like me. Like, does any of those thoughts come up in that process? I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. there definitely is. Not so much maybe they won't like me, but more so a case of, you know, they might be in a relationship or Mm -hmm. maybe they're seeing someone or maybe they're just super shy. Mm -hmm. And there's all of those different things that you can tell yourself And the thing is that if you're going to be confident, you're going to attract the people that you want to attract Mm -hmm. towards you either way. Mm -hmm. So it's like that confidence piece I don't, I suppose, go back on in my own head because I know that if I just show up confidently, the right thing will happen either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I love that because it's true. The whole single thing, the one that I was like about to talk to, he was on his phone. Yeah. And I literally was like, oh, he's got a girlfriend. He's in trouble. Like, he's yeah. in trouble. But I still just went in there and I was like, oh, and just started, like, talking. And in my head I was like, oh, if he has a girlfriend, I'll just be, like, a cool friend for the night. You yeah. Know? Like, just someone to have Yeah, a just someone to talk to, like, you yeah. know, in a crowded club. Like, cool, why not? Um, and then when you take off that pressure, then it kind of takes off that expectation and then it can take off that that whole pressure on you. And so, yeah, and it ended up being an amazing night, which was cool. Yeah, exactly. And it all just comes down to having your confidence be bigger than your self-doubt. It's not that there isn't self-doubt inside of me. It's just that I don't let it get bigger than my confidence. Mm. My <laughs> confidence will literally, like, curb stomp that hoe. <laughs> I love it. I honestly adore it. And you're so confident in the way too, when we take photos, so this is literally you and I, like, this is what I want to become and I'm trying to become through you, through just spending more time with you and how you show up. But literally when we take photos as a group, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's all of us that are like, make sure you don't post the ugly photo of me. Make I'm sure, literally, Saxony, we took a group photo and I was like, don't like show me which photo you're going to post because I want to make sure it's a good one. And Saxony is like, you can post whatever. All the photos of me are amazing. And I was like, damn, girl, that's that's next level. But that's the thing. If you show up looking at yourself as being amazing every single day, Mm -hmm. then who gives a single flying fuck Mm -hmm. what some random person on the internet Mm -hmm. who you probably don't even hear criticizing you says? Like that's the thing. The amount of times that – even myself in the past would have criticized somebody else and been like, oh, that's a terrible 
pure example. My sister's boyfriend posted a picture of them the other day. Um, they were out at Rottnest, like on a little holiday getaway sort of thing. And the picture that he posted of her, she looked like a little infant child that was annoying him. Like he's so tall and she's really small. And like just the way she was like hanging onto him and the angle that it was and just the what her facial like expression at the time, I literally looked at it and I was like, why would he post that picture? Like that is a terrible picture of her. And at the same time, that's my perception mm-hmm. and that has nothing to do with my sister. My sister is hot as fuck mm-hmm. and I know that, which is why I was like, that's a terrible picture of her. Mm-hmm. So even when people see a picture of you and say, oh, that's a really bad picture of you, it's because they know what good pictures of you look like. So they know that you're hot as fuck either way. Mm, that's such a good reframe. So it's like, what is the point in being like, oh, my God, no, I have to be like this specific thing in this picture because everybody else's opinions actually don't matter as long as you think that you look hot Mm -hmm. and you feel like it doesn't matter what I look like because I know I am hot, Yeah, then it really doesn't matter what you look like in somebody else's picture. It's so true. It is so true. Have you always been like this? No. Yeah, can you share with our audience, like, the journey to getting to this level of confidence and, like, zero fucks? Yeah. So my journey when it comes to, like, confidence and self-belief started at a very young age. I have a, like, six-foot two or three dad and, like, a five-foot four mom. Mm -hmm. And my older sister is, like, five-six maybe. Mm -hmm. And I am five-nine. So I'm, like very tall compared to my family Mm -hmm. in regards to my sister and my mom. And growing up, I was always the big kid. Like it was like in like everyone always thought that I was older than I was because I was so tall. Mm -hmm. And obviously going through different phases, you get like chubby and then you lose like chubbiness and then you get chubby again and then you lose Mm -hmm. it as you're growing up in like childhood times. So I remember when I was – in pre-primary feeling super different to everybody else around me because of the fact that I was so much taller than all of the other girls. And when you're that age as well, your school system or the amount of people that you actually know is very small. Mm -hmm. So it's like the whole way through high school, I mean, through primary school, I probably had like one or two people that I knew that were like the same-ish height and body shape-ish as me. Mm -hmm. And so automatically in my head, I'm like, wow, I'm different to everyone. I am weird. I am different. I'm not this. I'm not that because I'm different to everyone. Mm. And I had this almost fake confidence because my mum, bless her absolute soul, always instilled in us from such a young age about being confident, being um, like your most beautiful self. Like she literally wouldn't let us wear jeans when we were kids because she said that they were tacky. Like she was literally. Meanwhile, for for anyone watching our video, I'm wearing jeans today. But even that (laughs) is is still an unconscious belief because the only reason she didn't want us wearing jeans is because she doesn't enjoy wearing jeans. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's it's still a perception. It's still like her idea of what looks nice and what doesn't look nice is based on her reality. Mm -hmm. And... It was also really hard for me because I had almost, in a sense, two different personalities when I was growing up. I had 
the personality that I was when I was with my mum and my sister, Mm -hmm. which was very open. We would always be naked around the house. Like we would always talk to each other about things. It was very emotional. Like there was, it was a girl household. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mum was really into like counselling and all that sort of stuff too. So we were all like very close. Mm -hmm. And then I had my dad and my dad has four girls so my older sister is not the daughter of my dad so me and her have different dads Mm -hmm. and so I would go to his house and I would feel as though I had to almost be a boy because it was like that was what he wanted because he was a boy and we used to go and do sporty things and he would literally be like wear jeans wear jeans and so it's like even things as simple as that it was almost as if I created this split personality of the two different people or the two different archetypes of people that I was in each situation. So then when I got into schooling age, I was very much a people pleaser in regards to just doing as much as I could to please the people that I was with, because that was what I had done from two years old, um, which made me have a good confidence because of the fact that I can get along with anyone Mm -hmm. and at the same time made me very self-conscious of who I was and very self-critical of who I was. Mm -hmm. So I would constantly be going through a battle of like, do they like me? Do they not like me? Do they like me? Do they not like me? Like I want to be everyone's best friend. I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to think I'm hot. I want to make sure that I can get anyone that I want to. And it was like this fester inside of me that just got worse and worse and worse as I got older. Going into high school, all of the social media, the um even like reality TV shows and things like that, I was instantly just like, wow, I'm fat and they're not, I'm fat and they're not, I'm fat and they're not. And I thought that in order to actually love myself or be confident, I had to be skinny. (laughs) Oh, I can resonate with that, yeah. And so many people can because it's like if we feel internally like there's something wrong with us, to create an external reason as to why gives us more meaning. Yes. So we create a problem with something outside of us. And that's why even the most beautiful people in the world have insecurities because it's like when we have a feeling inside of us that we're not good enough, that we're not the same as other people, that we should be different, that we would be more liked if we had something different, then externally we have to pick something because internally we can't let people see what we feel on the inside. Yes. So we need something to validate that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so my big thing was fat. I was just always fat. I always felt fat. No matter what I did, I was just always overweight. And when I was in year 11, I think it was, of high school, I got into a relationship with a guy who was severely toxic um, and really tore me down. Like wasn't, didn't tear me down and being like, oh, you're ugly, but would do the whole, 
oh, you're never going to stay with me because you're too good for me and I'm so ugly and how could you love me? And, like, it's so hard because, like, you don't even understand what it's like to feel this way. And it was just so much emotional manipulation. And being so young and it being my first relationship, I just didn't know what to do. So I just shut down. I just shut everything down. I hid everything. I gained heaps of weight because we were just eating absolute shit all the time. Um, And, yeah, I just felt like I was a shell of the person that I used to know. Um, And then from there, when I got out of that relationship, I did the whole, like, revenge body like I'm gonna be the hottest the hottest person in the history of the world like I'm gonna do it but was it a toxic breakup block do you like the extreme did you go Um, I dyed my hair (laughs) so you could say it got it got there I can't relate when my marriage ended I dyed my hair hot pink yeah like for many years I had hot pink hair it actually like as as cliche as it is it is such a good feeling. It is because you feel like you're gaining like a new identity yeah, and you're kind of shedding the old one and it needs to be so drastic where kind of you don't really recognize yourself, that old identity, and then like the people around you don't really recognize you either. Yeah, exactly. So that sort of made me really self-aware of how badly I spoke to myself because then it was this whole thing of it's never good enough. I got super skinny. I was doing drugs, drinking alcohol, like, all the time, smoking weed, like, every weekend would be, like, going out Friday, Saturday, probably Sunday too. Like, it was just the classic 18-year-old cycle that you get into. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got with my ex-boyfriend and he – is so loving and so kind and so nice. And it's so funny because I even remember when we first got together, I was like, do you think that I have chunky legs? And he was like, because my legs had been something that was such an insecurity to me for so long. And he literally was like, hmm, yeah, I mean, probably a little bit, but that's my part of you that I like the most. <laughs> and I just remember being like, in this massive head hole of confusion between like, oh my god, he thinks my legs are chunky, I need to get them thinner. And wait, he, he likes chunky legs. <gasps> and it was so what a weird to be. It was so weird for me because it, it it was that one bit that opened the door to being like everyone outside of me sees me completely differently to how I actually look at myself. Mm. And it was that realisation for me where I was like, shit, these things that I am criticising are actually the best part of me. Mm. And so then my fake confidence started to turn into real confidence. Mm -hmm. And then I went travelling around Europe and I fell into like a really deep, not deep depression. It was probably worse when I got home, but I was experiencing a lot of depressive behaviours and I was really isolated and lonely and I felt my confidence really, really drop throughout that period of time um, purely because of the fact that I was all of a sudden alone with my own thoughts and I had nobody else to validate me or externalise to 
have any of that that sort of I suppose backboard to be like oh prove me right prove me wrong prove me right prove me wrong it was like I was just stuck with me I the only thoughts that I had were mine and so when I got back from that trip I started seeing a psychologist who helped me in regards to social anxiety because when I got back from that trip, I felt so different that I couldn't connect to any of the people that I was with before, like all of my friends, all of my groups. I would sit in a circle with a bunch of people and the whole time be thinking, you all fucking hate me. Like you all hate me so much and there is no point in me being here. And people would be talking to me and I wouldn't even listen to the things that they were saying because I would just be thinking to myself in my head, like, you don't even want to speak to me right now. Like, you're so bored of this conversation. Like, you don't even like me. There's nothing that you like about me. I just should leave. I shouldn't be here. I don't want to be here right now. Yeah. Did that? Do you think that thought process stemmed from the fact that you, like, had travelled, you had experienced the world and they haven't? Yes, and I think being away for so long and being with my own thoughts and feeling the way that I did about myself only got so much more bigger Mm -hmm. that when I came home, I couldn't possibly ignore it anymore. So it was like, if I'm not going to get it by looking at myself in the mirror, I'm going to get it by socially isolating myself from everyone that I would know that would know me as confident. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember there was one time, like we were at, um, we were all camping and it's so funny to look back on now, but we were all sitting around and I was pretty drunk by this point. And we were talking about pies and sausage rolls and just like random pastry stuff. And I was like, God, nothing tops a spinach and ricotta sausage roll. Like there is just nothing in this world that tops it. Nothing. It's so delicious. It's so great. It's not all like meaty and chewy and gross. And like, it's just, you still get the puff pastry. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. We love the chef's kiss. You get it all. You get it all with a spinach and ricotta sausage roll. And you know when someone's that little bit tipsy or a little bit drunk and they just like really go to town on the thing they love. Like they're going in on it. Like they're like, no, you have to try it. You have to try it. That was me. Um, and there was someone that was sat next to me and like the conversation went somewhere else. And then they made a joke about me being so passionate about loving spinach and ricotta sausage rolls. And instantly my mood went from like joking, fun, happy to like, I do not want to be here at all. Like I couldn't even take someone making a slightest, tiniest little joke like, I couldn't even take it at face value. I, I literally made it mean to me that that person hated me. And I left. Like, I went, I, like, left after that. I was like, okay, I'm going to the toilet. And I went to the toilet and then I just never went back to the group. I just went straight to bed. Yeah. yeah and my best friend came up and she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm just tired. And she was like, no, nah, I know that there's something going on. Like, what's going on with you? And I just bawled and bawled and bawled my eyes out. And she was like, I don't understand because, like, you are the one that has your shit together. Like, you have it all. What? I, like, how can you feel this way? Mm-hmm. And it was that thing of, like, I had been putting on a brave face for everybody else for so long that my own internal world was just, like, couldn't handle it anymore. And so I started seeing a psychologist 
And they were really great because they made me accept the things that my friends were providing me and showing me and giving me as love and as acceptance and feeling that start to come back. And my confidence started to get back up and I still always had that niggling feeling of like, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not skinny enough, I'm not fit enough. There was just always something to do with my body. Um, and then I just stepped into a more like holistic space with like the HSC and all of those different experiences that I had and started diving deeper into meditations and self-developments and really identifying what stories am I telling myself? Mm -hmm. What things am I telling myself? What do I not want to feel anymore? And what do I want to feel instead? Mm -hmm. And that was massive for me and really during that time it was again another fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it because I would post things about me working out, I would post things about my body, I would post things about having confidence, I would post things about having self-love and it was because I was practising all of those things and it didn't like inherently mean that I truly loved myself deeply. It was just a case of, the more that I expose myself, the less I give a fuck about what other people say. Mm-hmm. And so through that process, I gained a lot more self-confidence and I actually lost weight during that process too, um, purely because I was looking at myself from a health perspective rather than slamming my body in the gym to try and be a specific body weight. Um, which was really great and I fed myself better and I had like nutrients and I really cared about water and I cared about my mental health and I realized that actually the body was never the problem Mm. everything has to do with my mind I I love that you said that because I can literally resonate with that when I stopped focusing on the weight loss that's when I lost weight yeah I just started focusing on my mindset my mental health eating to fuel my body, working out in ways that I love, not slamming myself at the gym, not trying to like burn a million calories. That is literally when I like shed the weight the quickest because I just focused on being my happiest and healthiest self. Yeah. Well, it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning. Like if you have internal things that you are going through and that you're dealing with and that you're holding onto, you're holding onto all of that extra weight A, to give you a reason to be sad at yourself and B, as a literal protection barrier between the outside world and how you feel internally. Like that's what people don't realise. Emotions in particular carry weight in the body and when you suppress an emotion or you suppress a limiting belief and you don't process it in the moment and you push it and push it and push it down, it has to go somewhere. Like it has to go somewhere. So it makes sense that we create these areas of fat on our body as a protection layer between us and the outside world. Mm -hmm. And realising that you can actually let go of that and not have to slam yourself in the gym every single day then brings you more confidence as well. And I'm massive, massive, massive on movement. Movement is literally an antidepressant. Like people don't realise how important movement is even the other day I was watching a video about um this thing that they call hope molecules and 
every time you contract a muscle, whether it's doing a squat, going for a run, doing a walk, even just making dinner and like contracting your muscles is like you're moving around the kitchen. You're releasing a protein that crosses through your blood brain barrier and actually helps you feel happier. Mm. So not only do you have endorphins, not only do you help with anti-inflammatory, like, you have hormone regulation, you get better sleep, you have like better um, metabolism, you literally have a protein that is going into your brain and telling you to be happier. Mm. Like movement is the answer. And movement from a place of actually loving yourself rather than punishing yourself. Yes. Yes, 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 100%. I couldn't agree more. When it comes to showing up online, so Sax is a coach as well, um, and at the end people can follow you because you also Mm -hmm. have a program as well um, around this, which I want you to talk about for our audience as well. But when it comes to showing up online, so many of us, and again, speaking from experience, it's so easy to compare yourself to Mm -hmm. the next woman. And we do this even in, in person, in rooms. I've done it before where I walk in a room and I look at another woman and I'm like, oh, you know, instantly it's like, oh, she's prettier, she's got a bigger bar, she's got this, she's got that. And you're just yeah. like, you instantly, and you're like, wait, what am I doing? Hang on, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I should be praising her. How do you get yourself out of that comparisonitis of like, I'm not good enough and they're better in the online space and even in person as well? Um, it's a human like a human quality is desire. Mm-hmm. Like we all desire. We there is no way that I can say you, you. We can stop comparison by like you just can't because you're always going to desire other things mm-hmm. that are not in your current world. Whether it's a bigger butt, whether it's a skinnier waist, whether it's longer, nicer hair. Like desire is an innate thing, and you can work on all of the unconscious programming you want, and you are still going to desire to be better. It is literally inbuilt within us to have a desire to want more for our life. Like, it's just there. There's nothing that we can do about that. The thing when it comes to comparison is how are you speaking to yourself in that moment? So are you looking at somebody else's and being like, wow, she has a big bum. It's nothing. Like my bum is nothing compared to hers. I wish that I had this. I wish that I had that. Like she's so much hotter than me. Like I'm ugly. Or is it, oh, my God, look how fucking hot that girl is. Because you can still have desire and appreciation and gratitude for how other people look without having to put yourself down. And the thing is with the unconscious mind, like we take everything that we say in our own head or out loud personally. So if you're walking into a room and being like, oh, look at her, she's so sickly skinny. Oh, look at her, she's so fat. Oh, look at her, she's this, like judging all of those other people. Your unconscious mind is thinking that you're saying that about yourself. So it's obviously so confusing for the mind when you're trying to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm so hot, I'm so flawless, I'm great, I'm amazing. And then you go out into the world and you're like, she's ugly, I'm prettier than her, I'm this, I'm that, like in that judgment, right? Because then your brain's like, wait, what? I thought we were hot. Now we're saying we're ugly. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, <Mind> fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it all comes down to unconscious programming, and that's how people, even though consciously, can tell themselves every single day, "I feel confident. I feel confident. I feel confident. I feel confident." If you're starting that at say 18 years old, right? That means that for 18 years prior to that, you have had a different unconscious programming. So it's going to take time to change. Yes. It's the same thing with manifesting. It's the law of gestation. Like it takes time for it to actually become your reality. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it now because if you wait any longer, you're just serving your old unconscious programming. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I say this all the time to, especially to like my clients, um, clients that I teach with money as well. It's you know, it's the same thing. It's like that childhood conditioning. You've been running with this program for so many years. Mm. It's gonna take that much time and some more to rewrite those beliefs to become that different version of yourself. And it's not just an overnight thing. And I wish, you know, in this podcast, it, we could be like, yeah, you just think this and you do this and then instantly you're like this next level confident yeah. version of yourself. But that's not how it works. It's consistency and showing up every single day and choosing new belief systems and believing, you know, you you are the shit. And is there, do you think, in your opinion, is, can you get your ego too involved when it comes to becoming confident? Like, how do you manage the ego? Like, oh, yeah, I'm hot as fuck. I'm the shit. Like, they're not on my level. <laughs> Cut my friends. Not dating. No, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you manage the ego? Because ego isn't a bad thing. Ego, a lot of us think the ego is a bad thing. The ego is a good thing um, as long as it's, like, positively geared ego, but there is toxic ego. So how do you kind of manage the ego in this process whilst trying to harness your confidence? Who is the judge of ego? Mm. Okay, go into that. It's just a self-belief. Yeah. It's all just a self-belief. Who is the judge of ego? If somebody says to you, like people think that I'm egotistical Mm -hmm. and I laugh because I'm like, have you met me? Yeah, I was going to say, they don't know you. (laughs) But that's the thing. It's like it's just a judgment piece of their own personal experience because they couldn't possibly imagine someone who has confidence being the way that I am so it's like oh she must be super egotistical if she has that much confidence Mm. she must be I'm actually really fucking humble (laughs) like oh yeah I will literally uh, like I am probably more humble than a majority of people that I know Mm -hmm. and maybe that's egotistical too but it's like that is it's just in the eye of the beholder it's the same as beauty like it really doesn't actually matter when it comes to your ego because what feels right for you will always be right for you so since when did confidence become a case of other people's opinions Mm -hmm. it's still the same thing it's still putting other people's opinions of you over your own opinion of you if you're worried about being too egotistical Mm -hmm. like it doesn't exist Ego is yourself. It's you. It's all inside of you. Ego is the voice in your own head. Yes. There's cocky. (laughs) Like, you can be (laughs) cocky. And, like, at the same time, someone who's extremely cocky, say, in England, may come to Australia and not be seen as cocky at all because we have completely different values, completely different systems, completely different, like, way of life. Mm-hmm. And we're both first world countries, like we're literally from English descent. 
So it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I, lo- I honestly, I hope you guys throughout this podcast are picking up on the mindset reframes, you know, yeah. and that's what I love about these conversations and the depth that we can go to is that it's just a constant changing the belief, changing the story that you tell yourself, reframing things because yeah. it's your reality. It's your perception. We're all living in our own world. We all have our own perceptions and our own realities about what's going on and we're making them right or we're making them wrong. And so that's what I love about this conversation so much. It's like, yes, it's about confidence, but there's so much more depth to this. Yeah. And what would you say to say maybe there's a girl listening and she was raised to be like the humble pie, you know, like stay, stay in your corner, stay in your lane, sweetie, like be humble, like don't get too big for your boots. How would you recommend she steps more into her confidence and just come out of the shadows a little bit more and really own the space of the room and own her atmosphere? First of all, start saying no to the things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you stop people pleasing, you feel more confident. And each time you do it, you feel more confident too. And I know this from experience because I used to say yes to everything. I would have so much FOMO that I would say yes to absolutely everything. And then I realized that I was only saying yes to please other people. So I started saying no to so many things. And I was able to gain so much confidence and self-belief because all of a sudden I started trusting my I started trusting what my mind was telling me and I started realizing that actually the only person whose opinion that matters is my own. So start by saying no to the things that you don't want to do and just start small. Like everything about confidence is exposure. It's in a sense a fake it till you make it, but it's not a fake it. Like you, It's not a fake in confidence. It's what does confidence look like to you? How can you create that? We've got an incoming. Hey, Muffin, my cat is here. It's really the podcast. Hey. <laughs> we'll get some orders at ASMR. <laughs> on the um, and it's that's simply it. Just start small. See what are the things that you want to do. Find yourself a mentor. Find yourself someone who you look up to, not someone that you judge yourself against, mm-hmm. but someone that you look up to. And notice, okay, this is what I do in my life. This is what they do in their life. How can I change the things in my life to be more aligned with the things that they do in their life? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a, that is good. Yeah. It's the same thing as embodiment. It's modeling. It's everything. Like you are the best teacher when you are the best student. Mm. Yeah. Uh, say that again. You are the best teacher when you're the best student. Just needed that to learn one more time because that's golden. But it's so true. Like the more that you allow yourself to actually go through the motions of every single little thing, the more you become the thing. Mm-hmm. It's simply just that. And this is the thing about confidence. Confidence, people think, is just this innate thing. You either have it or you don't. No. It's like everyone has it. (laughs) It's actually innate. Like there is no such thing as, oh, I'm just not confident. I've never been confident. There's still confidence in you. Mm -hmm. You're just not letting it out. And it's a choice that you make every single day. The same way that you, if you're in a partnership, you choose to love or to not love that person that day. 
you have to choose to constantly keep loving that person, whether they do you wrong, whether they do you right, whether they are grinding your gears that day or whether you're having the most pleasant experience. It's a conscious choice that you're making. And it's the same thing with confidence. When you get to choose confidence in every single moment, choose it. Yes. Oh, we could just mic drop that right there. <laughs> I love this so much. So, so freaking much. And expose yourself. Yes. Like, that's the big thing. Whatever it is that you're not confident in, do that. Okay. So my big thing was cellulite. My confidence, my like lack of confidence came from the fact that even though in clothes I look thin, mm-hmm. when I'm not wearing clothes, I don't feel as thin because of the fact that I have cellulite on my stomach and I have cellulite on my legs. Um, I probably have cellulite on my arms. I don't really ever look anymore. However, that was the main thing for me. So what I started doing was just taking heaps of photos where my stomach was showing. I would take so many photos or videos where my ass would jiggle or something would show that I had cellulite and I would just post it anyway. And just, like, there's obviously all of these things online that are, like, normalize normal bodies and, like, it's okay to have cellulite, it's okay to have rolls. And, like, we have this weird feeling that when we put something out there that makes us feel uncomfortable, we have to make everyone know that we feel uncomfortable to post it. Yes. We oh. don't have to tell anyone that. Preach. No one knows. Like I I see so many videos of girls that are like trainers or personal trainers or um, fitness girls, gym girls, and they're like, normalize cellulite, normalize cellulite. And I'm like, it's such a great movement and I really, really do like it. And at the same time, you can just post it and I'm not actually paying any attention to your cellulite until you tell me that you're normalizing cellulite in that moment. That's it because it's doing the opposite. You know, by us saying normalized cellulite, the cellulite is what's normal about our yeah. bodies. Like, just post it like it's normal. Exactly. Even even babies have cellulite. Like it's an actual thing that we as humans have. But by saying normalize it, it then became it makes it then become not normal. Yeah. So we're doing the opposite. Whereas if you yeah. just post the freaking photo, no one's gonna know. Who cares? Like, and and, and two, it's refreshing when you see people that are literally like you online. It's like, hell yes, like I was at um, a gym recently and I was at a different gym to the one that I train at and they had um, banners up for, you know, joining the gym. Mm. And it was just, it was amazing because it was just a regular girl in the photos. It wasn't someone with the abs. It wasn't the someone with the fake tan or the bodybuilders. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it was just an everyday woman. And I was like, that I can fucking get behind yeah. because that makes me feel safe in this gym. It makes me feel welcome. It makes me feel like I don't have to be, you know, someone that's like grinding three, four hours a day or like Mm -hmm. eating chicken and rice. Like I just feel like I'm just here to work out and enjoy myself and have fun and be happy. And I was like, yes, like more of this, just completely normal people, normal bodies showing up in the marketing world. Yeah, and there was nothing on that sign that said, no. we normalize normal bodies. It's exactly right. And, like, I'm not shitting on the trend. Of course, like, it's a very, very vital trend as well. And I'm saying that's not how you have to expose yourself every single time. Mm-hmm. You can just simply, if you feel like, oh, this photo of me isn't good enough, post it anyway. Mm. 
if you feel like, oh, my nose looks funny, my teeth look funny, my pimples are showing, I have like dimples on my legs, I have like hairy legs, just post it anyway. And then you start to realize no one actually gives a fuck. People are so absorbed in their own bullshit mm. that they have no singular time to give to you. Like literally sit in, sit where you are right now and think about the last picture that you saw online that you thought about for more than two minutes. Oh. No one gives a fuck about you. So start giving a fuck about yourself. Yes. Preach. Absolutely. Taking the church, sis. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. And is there some sort of um, filtering process that you think we could do online when it comes to social media, unfollowing certain people, filtering things like, or even media, the way that we consume, you know, reality TV? Like, is there things that you did throughout your journey where you started to limit the the, the content you consumed? Um, so with me personally, I'm so far past the point of having the unconscious programming that that creates that because of all of the inner work that I've done. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that there's not more inner work to do. Like it's the way that I explain inner work is like a bunch of onions. So I've heard that it's like an onion before, but I disagree. I think our whole inner work is a whole big old bunch of onions Yeah, because every single onion represents a different belief system that we've created. Mm-hmm. And the thing about beliefs is we created these beliefs between the ages of zero and seven years old. Like every single belief that you have in your life right now, every single limiting decision that you have in your life right now stems back unconsciously to between the ages of zero and seven years old. Mm-hmm. Whether you had trauma or not it doesn't matter to a four-year-old trauma can be not getting a lollipop at the supermarket yes yeah you're four years old yeah that can be the end of your world on that day can confirm with a six-year-old child exactly it will be the end on socks will be exactly though and that's the thing is like we we create these beliefs and think that social media is the problem um you know our parents are the problem like schooling the system is the problem you're going to create these beliefs either way it's just innate inside of us Mm -hmm. so any people who sit here and be like no 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 i don't have inner work to do (laughs) fun fact you definitely do you definitely have things that you can do because each time that you find a belief that you have that is limiting and you take off a layer of that onion And underneath that first layer is another layer. And underneath that layer is another layer. And that's how self-development works. There is no such thing as I'm evolved into my higher self. Your higher self constantly is desiring and driving more. Mm. So you always have more work that can be done. And you get to a point where you get so confident that you just start being like, all right, let's peel off another layer. And instead of taking you 12 months to do, it takes you 12 hours to remove it. And then all of a sudden, instead of taking 12 hours, you start taking 12 minutes. And then it's like all of a sudden you just have to look at yourself in the mirror and think, okay, oh, that cellulite doesn't really feel good. What the fuck? What am I saying to myself? I am so beautiful. Everything about me is flawless. And every little bit of cellulite on my body shows me that I am well fed. And I love food. Yes. And food makes me happy. Yes. Yes. And then that's it. 
gone. Conscious programming is gone. And so when it comes to social media, personally, I feel okay. And when I start to feel myself comparing to other people, Mm -hmm. I know that I've reached my next layer. Ooh. And for all of you girls that are girls and guys, I don't know who listens to this, but (laughs) but anyone out there who is starting their journey and feels like they compare themselves to everyone online, do social media cleanses. Mm -hmm. Like we joke about them and things like that, but do you know how actually crazy it is when you shut your phone off for like a whole last day Mm -hmm. and you realise how much you depend on it? Mm -hmm. Just turn it off. Turn it off. Take yourself out somewhere. Take yourself on a walk. Take yourself to do the things that you like to do. See what comes up for you. Because when you start to actually be alone, you start to hear the voice inside of your own head telling you what you need to work on first. Mm -hmm. You just have to start with that. Just start on that. And when you go back on social media, mute or unfollow anyone who makes you feel anything other than positive. Mm -hmm. If you're left with five people, Start there. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, you'll get more time back to yourself because you won't be scrolling as much. Yeah. And that's the thing is it's like we have this whole big um, identity, I suppose, with like having all of these influencers and having like people from high school and having people um, from primary school even. And it's as if we have this like loyalty to people that we follow on social media. And in reality, if you're not going to stop and speak to that person and catch up with them on how their life is, if you bump into them in a shopping centre, mm-hmm. then why do you need to follow them? If they're bringing you confusion about yourself, if they're bringing you anger or sadness or self-doubt or any other negative emotion, like for what purpose are you following them? Mm-hmm. Your social media is your environment. It's where you live probably for at least six to eight hours of your day. Oh, yeah. Make it a freaking good one. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. And I love that you touched on the social media detox. I've been doing that a lot lately. So great. I was like, why don't I do this sooner? Like just literally switching off because it can become so consuming and you can really – for me, it's my energy. Yeah. My energy just goes real when I'm on it and Mm -hmm. then I lose track of what I'm doing and I'm not I don't have intention and then you know I'm questioning like my value system even I'm like oh hang on but should I be doing this and should I and then it's just a shit show so yes we love a good detox around here yeah well I want to say thank you so much for today um can you share with our audience I know you have an amazing program related to this like Where can they find you? Where can they be a part of your world so that they can completely, you know, continue to up-level? I know that no doubt from this episode, they will get on the right track. Even for me, I've taken so much away from this in regards to being more confident. But where can they be a part of your world and get a hold of your programs? Yeah, so you can all go over and follow me on Instagram. I post a lot of different content on there in regards to not only giving you positive references of me being my most confident self, also talking about past experiences that you guys can probably relate to and giving you tips and tricks on how to step into your most confident self as well. I also have a self-conscious to self-confident four-week journey, which you can do at any time. It's a completely self-guided course. So 
four weeks where each week you get set tasks to do Mm -hmm. and they're all in-depth in regards to finding out where you need to change your unconscious programming, how we can go about changing your unconscious programming and giving you steps and um, sort of devices, I suppose, of how you can utilize them to create your most confident self as well. So that I have just released and that's super, super exciting. So you can go over, there'll be a link in my bio for that one. If you can't find it, just send me over a message and I'll be happy to show you where that is. And if you feel like you really, really relate to the unconscious programming side of things, then going into a one-on-one training or I even do 12-week projects as a group container as well for people who can't afford to really go into the one-on-one sessions. So there's so many different options for you and there's so many different ways that we can actually identify where your limiting decisions are where the unconscious programming is stopping you from being your best self, whether it's just in confidence at work, confidence in the gym, confidence in yourself, your body image, like how are you holding yourself back because of that conscious unconscious programming Um, and just really emptying the cup so that you can fill it with all the good shit. Oh, I love this. And I will link all of this in the description too, um, in the show notes as well, you guys, so you can have direct links to that. But thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, this, I just love this. Literally candid conversations, like, yes, bringing everyone into our world and what it's like to to have in-depth conversations. And you guys, get people in your life that can like have this depth with you, right? Yeah. No, none of the surface bullshit. Like let's yeah. go freaking deep in our lives together. Yeah. And last thing, if you have people in your circle who are really self-conscious, who are constantly putting themselves down, who are, even if this is you, start calling them out. Like actually start calling them out. Like if my friend, like Beth, for example, if she says to me, oh, I'm not really quite sure about this photo, what do I say to you? <laughs> You're like, bitch, post the fucking photo. Yeah. And I literally say to you, that's funny, that sounds like a limiting belief coming up. Yes. It's like just pull each other out yes. because it's that same thing of awareness. But every single time that we reply to someone going, oh, I really don't like this picture, I feel like I look chubby, and we're like, oh, I feel like that all the time too, oh. you're further instilling that lack of confidence. Yes. Whereas if someone says to you, I feel really chubby in this photo, and you say, I felt chubby on my last picture and I posted it and it actually got heaps of likes and I really love myself because I just did the thing, Yeah. then what are they going to do? They're going to be inspired to just do the thing. Exactly. Exactly. Take your personal power back. That's that's the conversation we were having just before. Taking your personal power back. It's yeah. so important. Oh, I love this. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks, you guys, for listening. Big love. Yes, we hope to have you on the next one. Yay! Bye. <laughs>